Hi everyone, this is Mark, and welcome to another episode of the Mark Hastings Experience. And in this episode, um, I'm going to be talking about life and death, I suppose. And um, first of all, I just want to read a poem that I wrote uh, a few weeks ago now, actually, uh, that was called Life. And I'm just going to recite that first, and uh, I'm going to talk about it. Life is full of many surprises. Life is full of many sunsets and sunrises. Life is full of many contests and prizes. Life is full of many stories of those whom have never stopped wanting to reach for something farther and climbing beyond the highest of the heights. Life is full of people looking up to somewhere where the lights of the heavens shine upon and guide those who have always known that they had a fate to fulfil, unconstrained by any invisible lines. Life is full of those who have always felt as if they had a goal before them to be achieved, to be found on the other side of a ride of ups and downs, of body and mind, of drive, of faith and belief of every kind, at the end of which lies a place and a time where and when a creation can finally meet their maker and bring home with them the dawn of a new world unlike the one that they may have known their entire life. And that poem basically uh, I suppose do um, try and encapsulate um, a moment in time and uh, a moment uh, when I was reflecting upon life and to me life is um, is a, a striving to find hope and optimism and my life, over the course of my life, no matter what has happened, no matter how many dark days, no matter how many, no matter how many bad things have happened to me or and to my family, um, I have um, attempted and most most of the time achieved um, through. Uh, a process of introspection uh, and mostly poetry in fact because I have to say if it wasn't for poetry and for writing then I honestly do not know who I would be and I honestly do not know where I would be because poetry changed my life and you could say that it it could it saved my life in a way because poetry when I first started writing back in what must have been 2008, I guess, when I first wrote my first poem. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I wanted to say. So I just said anything and everything that came to my mind or I felt flowed from my heart. Because most of the poems that I wrote when I first started writing were love poems. They were um, deep. They were... Um, a, uh, a literal depiction of 
something um, that I was feeling deep within, a love that I felt um, for someone at the time. But um, and at the time, you know, I I thought that my feelings would never change. Uh, but um, at the time when I wrote my first poem, um, it was an honest and truthful expression of my feelings. But in retrospect, when I think back, I think, um, would I ever write that poem, particular poem again? Would I write those particular poems again? And the answer to that is no, because I don't feel the same way about the same person as I did back then. Because I've lived, I've learnt, people have moved on, people have changed, and I certainly have, as a person, um... And as a as a writer, I hope that I have evolved as a person and as a writer. But one thing that hasn't changed, and I hope never will change, is my um, striving to um, to attain um, a sense of fulfilment and, as I said, hope and optimism. And I I carry around hope and optimism. In my heart and in my mind, wherever I go, wherever situation I find myself in, and I try to be not uh, consciously, but I know that I'm, I suppose I'm, in a way I know I'm doing it. But I try to be like a beacon of stability, of joyfulness, um, and I try to just be. Um, good at what I'm doing but also um, just uh, portray um, an air of confidence and I most of the time I am confident I'm uh, especially if I know exactly what I'm doing and I'm uh, comfortable in in doing something Um, but it's when when I first started writing poetry when I first started writing you know, full stop. I I had no idea what I was doing, and I suppose that led to the the it wasn't not the danger, but it was the the it was the not knowing that was the most empowering actually, because when you know what you're doing, when you become very when you become comfortable at what you're doing, you don't take any risks, you don't think outside the box because you don't know that there's a box. And once you start writing uh, about something in particular, or you you um, you find yourself somewhere doing something, you you do over time come to realise that you are boxed in. And if, especially if you work in an office or in a factory or any kind of workplace, you are most of the time surrounded by four walls, a floor, and a ceiling. Something that means you're boxed in. Even if there's a window, that you're still within a box. You're boxed in. But when you're a child and you're out and about and you're playing with your friends in the sunshine on a summer's day, you are free. You don't know the meaning of the word being boxed in because that's something that, even when you're you're a child and you're you're inside and you're watching the television, um. You're, you're, you're focusing your attention upon a, on a box. Um, whether it's... Um, you know, it, was, it was definitely a box when I was a, a kid. 
uh, a wood panel box. That's what television was back then. But even now, you're looking at, instead of it being a box now, you're looking at a dark mirror, you know, um, as, um, as, as it has been described. TV, a book, uh, a, um, a, telev a television that you watch on uh, your mobile device, whether it would be a tablet or a mobile phone, you're looking at a dark mirror. You're looking at not only a reflection of another world or another person, another circumstance, but you're also looking at yourself. Because sometimes you, you look at your your TV and if it's highly reflective, which most of them are, or if you're looking at your phone, you're watching a YouTube video, um, or you're watching, let's say, a, a film or a TV show on on your phone, sometimes you'll you'll catch your own reflection in the in the screen and you get taken out of um whatever you're watching but of course you're you are a part of that and uh um but anyway um so yeah uh you can become boxed in um but sometimes that's not a bad thing because television um allowed me and has allowed a lot of people to open their minds to different situations um, to different characters and to 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 learn um, basically uh, as well as has have books you know um, before the advent of, of books most uh, stories about people were shared um, you know order you know um, from person to person uh, and then you had the advent of radio which allowed for people's um, individual voices to uh to share uh stories um and then the advent of television and um movies um photography you know the this was a way for people to share a moment in time or something that meant something to them at a particular time for a particular reason and um I have always been in awe of stories, whether it be stories depicted um, within films, within books, and uh, I didn't know how much I, I loved stories and storytellers and um, and the, these worlds that were created until I guess I started creating and my own. I was always a fan of J.R. Tolkien. Uh, I was always a fan of, um, you know, Gene Roddenberry, who created Star Trek. He created these iconic characters, um, such as Captain uh, James T. Kirk, uh, Mr. Spock. You know, he created these characters um, in the 1960s that um, are iconic now. But when they were first created, he had no idea who they were. Who, how they were going to be, um, how they were going to be seen, and how people, the audience was going to respond to them. And he created a character called Lieutenant Uhura, who was played by Michelle Nichols, who was an African American woman. And um, you know, at the time when Star Trek came out, it was very controversial to have a, a high-ranking African American woman in, in a place of. Um, um, and, a, and a, 
a high in seen in high regard and given a um a job with um a great deal of responsibility at the time when of course in reality there have always been african american men and women who have been in place of authority and who had and who have a vital voice um that needs to be heard and a vital um job to do in and, and around the world there are uh, you know so um there are visionists you know um who over time have uh, have gone beyond the 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 confines of of what was um you know seen to be the norm at the time um novelists have done this filmmakers uh, I would say Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, um, James Cameron. You know, these directors um, took um, filmmaking to another level. Filmmaking, the storytelling within films to, to another level by um, showing things that people hadn't seen before. And, of course... Um, Stanley Kubrick as well, you know he's an iconic director, an iconic filmmaker who I uh, am also a fan of. I'm a fan of all of uh, most of his films, and um, yeah, and these these are filmmakers who who looked at a mirror, looked at the the four walls around them, and took a sledgehammer and literally just shattered all of the barriers around them and just took a risk and believed that the audience would uh, at some point uh, see their vision and accept their vision and interpret their vision in um, the right way um, but um, you know some people not everything is made for everybody and um, because that's that's life isn't it everybody has their own individual um, perspective on things on films i like for some films now that i didn't like 10 years ago for example and there are films that uh came out 20 years before i was even born that when i was growing up i would have seen oh i would have said oh no that's too old i don't like that i don't want to watch that but now i watch films from back from when my 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 parents were younger or when they were my age and I think at my age now and I think wow these are amazing but uh, I wasn't ready some some films you're not ready to watch until you're ready to watch them it's just just you can they can catch you in the wrong the wrong time a story is waiting for everybody to to read it and and enjoy it but you're going to have a different opinion about it. And everybody is. And it's the same with life. Depending on your circumstances. Where you grow up. Um, what, Who and what you grow up with. Um, that's going to dramatically influence how you see the world. And uh, for me, I'm lucky that I um, always had parents who um, were supportive loving and gave me everything um and 
you know, not a lot of people have that. They don't have that stability. Um, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm, uh, they also gave me freedom as well. I mean, when I was very younger, I didn't have as much freedom. Um, but I had everything that I, I could possibly want and more. But I didn't realise it until years after. Now looking back, um, and I've always believed that everything happens for a reason. And um, having lived through all that I've had to live through, going with my parents... Or that they've had to live through. They've had to struggle through. Literally. Horrent. You know. Horror. Uh, is the only way that I can describe it. They've been through very horrific. Situations. And had horrific experiences. But they've also had. You know. They've also enjoyed. Wonderful times. Of holidays. Um, when we were younger. They took me and my sister Claire on holiday. To, to Florida. Um, we also went to, to New York. We went to Jersey, um, so we've had some amazing experiences, and I have some very fond and wonderful memories with my parents. And I'm very lucky um, throughout my life to have um, to have been given the opportunities to to go to the places that I that I've been. And I know that some people will not and cannot have those. Um, times and those experiences and um for no no fault of their own they have found themselves boxed in um even though the box that is their life that they find themselves living within they find a way to um fulfill themselves um they find it hard to see past the borders of their own perspective see past the the horizon whereas i uh don't have any trouble looking beyond the horizon and um engaging new possibilities and i suppose some that has been taught to me by um watching science fiction growing up such as star trek or um star wars battlestar galactica book rogers in the 25th century um you know these stories, uh, these science fiction stories, they are mostly optimistic depictions of a potential future or uh, of a galaxy far, far away um, or on a, another planet when humanity or a version of humanity is... Um, is striving to to find who it, who it is um and uh that's why i i've always gravitated towards these self these self-contained universes that have within them characters and situations in which um there is a a journey there is a there is more to to find there is um uh deeper levels of of um understanding and interaction with nature whether you in the star wars galaxy you would cause that you call that the force um but in here here on earth we call it nature and nature is a, is a is a force you know you've I'm sure you've heard the 
the um, the description um, of the force of nature. Well, nature is 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 a force in every way, shape, or form, and we are only just scratching the surface at discovering what nature is and how it communicates with itself. And you know, it has it. Um, it is beyond our com uh, comprehension, really. But um, yeah, we have to live with nature, and in the end, nature nature will win. Um, but we, uh, it seems at times that we're in a, a tug of war with nature. We are, um, you know, with um, the things that we've done to the, the world, um, stripping the rainforests and polluting the atmosphere and um, polluting the the oceans. We are we are slowly but surely um uh self-harming not only nature but ourselves because every action has an equal and opposite reaction so everything that we do will cause a reaction down the line for something or someone or will most likely come back on ourselves um but uh yeah so i going back to the the, the box analogy of work you know I work uh, somewhere and but I I long for the hours the minutes the seconds and the entire days in fact when I can enjoy myself when I can sit back watch a film watch a TV show maybe read a book maybe and definitely write maybe a poem or carry on uh, writing a story that I'm, I'm writing at the time and I live for that and I love that and I love you know interacting with with people and I always try and I, I see things throughout the world that I wish I could change and I I see people who I, I wish I could I could help in some way shape or form and I listen to the stories of people and the situations that they find themselves in, and I, I feel for them. Uh, I've had friends that uh, have been through times which have been um, hard to hear about, but I want to hear them because I want them. I want people to be able to talk to me, you know, to express themselves, because. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is to talk to someone, to tell someone what you're feeling um, and why you're feeling that. And um, I suppose that's the point of this episode, is um, which is about life and also about death, also about um, widening your horizons and if and when you can going beyond the boundaries that um we all we all find ourselves within especially over the last few months the last year that year and a half where we found found ourselves living in bubbles literally isolated from one another because of the ongoing pandemic covid-19 pandemic but um over time We've developed ways to inoculate ourselves, to give ourselves some kind of protection from um, 
um, acute um, cases of, of the virus. And, you know, slowly but surely, things are not going back to normal, not going back to as they were. But we are slowly but surely adapting to living in this new world where there is a constant fear and danger of infection. And that's going to, probably going to be the way it's going to be for a considerable amount of time. Uh, but, you know, maybe one day we'll see an end when there'll be no cases of COVID or very minuscule number. But in the here and now, we're doing better than we were last year because we've been inoculated but there, there's still danger there's still infection so in a way we we, we still have to um, we still have to live in in, a, in an altered way um, than we previously used to live in but we're learning to adapt and we're living um, better we're, we're, we're able to uh, have more freedoms but the last year and a half has been very hard for people people have lost their jobs people have lost family members people have lost their sanity they've lost their reason to get up in the morning they've lost their reason to get out of bed um, and a job and a, a partner or a family member of even a, a, uh, a pet can give that to people and when you don't have that anymore it can make you feel like you have nothing to live for um, not everybody has something to sustain them not everybody has someone to sustain them um, I'm fortunate to have my family I'm fortunate to have um, my fiance who unfortunately lives far away, but we get to interact with each other um, frequently. And I'm fortunate to have my poetry. I'm fortunate to have my imagination. I'm fortunate to have you know, ideas. I'm fortunate to have hope and optimism in my heart. But some people don't have that. And my heart goes out to those people, those people who are struggling. And the other day at work, I'm not going to say who it was who told me this, but someone confidentially um, told me that they were feeling, they, were, they came into work and they were feeling very sad. They were, they were noticeably emotional. And I just wondered, well, what's wrong with them? And... They said, oh, I'll tell you later. And they came back to me and they told me that um, the previous night they were, they were, uh, they received a, a telephone call from someone who they knew who said that they were going to commit suicide. And um, they, this person who I, who I work with, um, they brushed them off. Now, I'm not judging this person because they, they, they just didn't take them seriously. Um, and they said, oh, no, I, I don't know um, all of the particulars. But apparently, you know, they they said, oh, no, you know, they, they didn't take 
their the warning seriously and um anyway unfortunately the um the person did commit suicide and um my co-worker found out about them uh that they died and um they still came into work they were late for work. That's why one people were wondering where this person was because they were supposed to be in work. No one could get in touch with them. Uh, but then when they did come into work, um, as I said, they were emotional and over, and they revealed to a select number of people who they spoke to that this had happened. And I was when they they told me that they this person had called them said that they were going to commit suicide and that they didn't take their warning seriously and they they just put the phone down on them and then the next morning they found out that they killed themselves I felt like oh I'm, I was so sorry and I told them I, you know I, that I was sorry to hear that but what I said was to them is that it don't blame yourself. It's not your fault. You know. Whether they could have stopped. And this is something that they questioned. Whether they could have stopped them from doing that. And. Who knows. Who knows. Um, but. You know. And I would never say. That anyone. Is, is to blame. Someone else's suicide just because you said oh no I haven't got the time but sometimes people do want someone to talk to and that's all they need they need someone and if they have they feel like they haven't got someone to talk to about what they're feeling um but you don't know I mean you know that's why I feel for my co-worker that they they feel responsible in a way they could see it, see it on their face that they felt that way, and I just said, "Look, it's not your fault." Um, but I did, I did feel awkward because if that was me, if someone did call me, um, then I, th I would talk. If I would take it seriously, and I'd want just brush them off, and I would, oh, I'd like to believe that I, I could try and help them. I could try and pull them off the brink pulling away from the brink um but because life is so precious but it's very easy for people to believe that they have nothing to live for or no one to live for especially when they feel like their life has been completely changed by circumstances out of their hands and uh but everybody has been through traumatic times they've had times over their life when they've had they've struggled with their own mental stability and they just wanted someone to to talk to and um yeah um so i just want to say if anybody out there has ever thought about suicide um and they've found it hard to talk to someone just don't stop. If your closest family members, your friends, you can't get in touch with them, just talk to a stranger. 
literally uh, just c call the Samaritans on 116123 um, in the UK or National Suicide Helpline um, on 0800 689 5652 um, or in uh, in the United States if you call 1-800-273-TALK um, that's the Su National Suicide Prevention Lifeline um, which is uh, 1-800-273-8255 um, then then you will find someone there to, to talk to about what you're going through um, because it can feel like a prison life can feel like a prison and sometimes you feel imprisoned within your own mind um, and it's hard to talk about it's hard to because sometimes in your mind you can find feel like you're stuck in a room with no door, no window, no light. And sometimes every wall that you see is just are just reflections of yourself or of things that have happened in your life that you regret. And you can find no way to no you can't find the strength to break through and get away. But um there is always someone to talk to, even if it's a stranger. Most of the time, it's better to talk to a stranger than someone that you actually know. Because you feel like you may be judged by someone that you know. Or they may just brush you off. May not take you seriously. Because sometimes people do say things. Um, but if you, people are saying things like, I'm thinking about killing myself. Then I think... The, the best thing to do would be to to take that very seriously because saying that you want to do that is more common now than not unfortunately and unfortunately due to the circumstances in which we all find ourselves in because of the, the pandemic people losing their lives losing their jobs losing their livelihoods losing family members this is the most desperate time for people. One of the most desperate times in in living memory. Um, so this is the time when we all need to work together. We all need to reach out to one another and, and talk to one another. Because no one's alone and no one should ever be alone. But it's hard to ask for help. It really is. And mostly for men, I have to admit. It's hard to talk about something. It's hard to talk about a problem that you're going through because you don't want to seem weak in the eyes of someone you love, someone who you may have been trying to seem strong for. And um, it's hard to be honest sometimes, but honesty is always the best policy. And it's sometimes it's a very life-saving policy. It's a life save. It's a life preserver. Honesty is a life preserver, and being open and and giving and loving is a life preserver. And like I say, even if it's just a hello, or if you're waiting for a train or the bus, or you're um, you go into um, a store, just saying morning, hello, how are you, or you know a, a a work colleague just treat them with respect and hopefully you'll get respect back but if if you don't then 
don't take it too seriously. Uh, but yeah, some people, they don't realise the, the impact of their words and their actions upon others. And um, yeah, abuse uh, and depression, anxiety um, is prevalent throughout societies now more than ever. And, um, you know, some people haven't left the house in many, many months. Older people. And, uh, you know, they're, they're fundamentally forever changed by what has happened. And it's horrific, really, uh, what has happened, what we're, going, what we're having to live through, what we're going to have to live through and adapt to living through forever, maybe. Hopefully not, but nothing will ever be the same before the pan as it was before the pandemic. Um, but we can only hope um, that um, we will find some kind of new normal, um, and we can come up with better ways of of fighting um, these uh, these things that are trying to infiltrate our bodies and kill us um but yeah so people there's always someone to talk to i would love someone to reach out to me and i would give anybody the time of day anybody who needs to talk to me can can reach out in any way that they can um it or seek out one of my poems on markthepoet.me and um because, you know, I think I and everybody has a reason for being here on Earth. And no one is born to take their own life. Nobody. Um, some people have, feel forced to do that. But um, I just want to say that, you know, life is a gift. It really is a gift. And you can be born into something that you, you, you may not want to be born into. But there is always a way out. And sometimes you just need to write, find the right person at the right time to break you free of the, the box that you, you found yourself in. To break free of the, the boundaries um, that you feel confined by. Um, but uh, yeah, as, as, as the suicide prevention hotlines always say, help is available. You can speak to someone right now. You can speak to a stranger. Speak, just speak to someone, and um, there is always a way out. And maybe find some way to express yourself, to express your feelings, express your emotions. Pick up a paintbrush, go for a run, write it down. You know, do something that is not self-destructive or self-harming, and um, you may find something that will be continually continually be life-saving to you um but uh, i know that's easier said than done but yeah just talk to someone if you're having trouble just talk to someone um but yeah so yeah i think i'm gonna leave it there for now um but i just want to say once again there's always hope out there don't give up on hope everything happens for a reason everything will be okay if you you seek out and you just don't stop fighting. Don't stop 
believing that they that things can get better and don't don't allow others to confine you in a in a in a, a dome or a, or a walled area of their own fears you know they some people are just have just lived um in a in a world of fear for so long that it's just second you know so it's 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 life for them that's their definition of life and some people can break free of that some people can't but um yeah but yeah so i'm gonna leave it there for now um i just want to say thank you for listening uh i hope you like what you heard and i'll talk to you again soon Hi everyone, this is Mark. So I hope you did enjoy what you heard in this episode of the podcast. And uh, if you did and uh, you would like to enjoy more of my content, um, I'm uh, a writer, I'm a poet, and I'm an author. Uh, I've written 11 books of uh, poetry uh, and short stories and uh, short novels. So if you're interested in reading some of my poems, my short stories, or... Uh, the stories within my novels, then you can check them out online on Amazon or um, from the, the Book Depository or online at uh, Barnes & Noble. And uh, if you want to check out some of my re- most recent uh, poems, then if you head over to uh, markthepoet.me online, then you can check out some of my most recent poems and also some of the poems that I've written uh, in the past. Uh, But yeah, so uh, I hope you like what you heard and I'll talk to you again soon.